0: Three beers and a Movie.
1: Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 145 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Daniel. Barry, once again we are isolated in our homes. We are doing what the government are telling us to do. We are having lockdown. So we'll yes. have to do this over the phone again. Endless um, amounts of lockdown. Endless amount of lockdown.
0: Um, and it was just announced
1: again that we well, are currently locked down for another three
0: weeks. Three weeks. Minimum.
1: I yeah, I, I I feel the three weeks is being um, what's the word?
0: Very optimistic. Yes,
1: that's that's I, I feel it will be a lot longer. But I am in my mind right now I'm picturing July. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, some based- random businesses are slowly opening back up, which is kinda creepy, you know, you're yeah. just a bit like, oh, this is a
0: little bit too soon, guys. Yeah. But yeah, time
1: will tell. Time will tell. But we are safe. All our families are safe, which is all good. So right now, I suppose we are relatively untouched by this. To some, degree. I know you're you're dealing with it in some way like, with your job, but yes. overall, we are, we are luckier than most.
0: Yes, yeah. uh, because my life hasn't changed that much. Because it transpires, I'm completely antisocial. Yes,
1: um, I am. I think I've realised this as well. Like you know, sometimes I mean, again, like my boss from work will email me and say, you know, want to make sure everyone's doing okay. Everyone's you know, you want know, to make sure everyone wants to talk about anything. I'm like, literally, you've got me sitting at home doing my work with my headphones on and my podcast on. I am pretty much okay with this right now. This is yes. Yeah. <laughs> The only, the only difference in my life right now is I don't have to get the train to work. That's really the only difference, you know. Yeah, let's
0: be honest, I'm sure you don't miss
1: that. No, I don't miss that part, you know. It's, but everything else is just sort of, I go to work, I come home, I watch some movies. Like the only, the only thing I'm missing right now is I don't go to the movies. I, I'm watching all the movies yeah. at home. That's the only thing that's missing right now. You
0: should just sit closer to
1: your TV on the floor to get that cinematic feel. Oh, that's... Switch the lights off. <laughs> You 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 think I haven't done that? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> that was day one. That was day one, yeah. <laughs> um, I did have a worrying moment today when I found my PlayStation might be on the way out, which is a real shame um, because I've had it. I think I've had it for about must be five years. Um, yeah, and I think I've used it more in the past three weeks than I have in those previous five years, and it's beginning to freak out about how much I've used it. So. Hopefully it doesn't that, that doesn't die on me. But other than that, other than that, I am untouched by all things Corona. Um, and segueing from Corona into beer, which is sorry, me. just just let's quickly rewind. What PlayStation does
0: it? PlayStation Three. Oh right, give me a shout if it does actually break. <laughs> I've got one sitting on my shelf that's got a.
1: I think it's got the NHL game jammed in it. <laughs> right, okay. Well, for, as long as I play the NHL game, then I'm ha- happy in life. That's what I really, that's really yeah. need in life. Um, but yeah, so are you drinking anything tonight, since it's a Friday night and we're recording? Uh,
0: yes, because I'm not working until Monday morning, it's stupid. I've decided
1: to crack open a few beers, starting nice. with uh, 71 brewing companies.
0: Uh, Luminous Lights, which is a uh, Lidl exclusive, it turns out to be. Oh, fancy. Which is actually
1: quite nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah it does say it's a, lot. Uh, it says a lot right now that, you know, even shops like Lidl and Aldi's and even Tesco, Morrison's, their craft beer selection is, at times, very decent.
0: Yeah, I think it's
1: just, there's quite clearly a market there, put yeah. in there you know they can get it in they can sell it cheap it gives these smaller brewing companies like a good steady income because
0: there's like a direct like supply chain there yeah the only problem know,
1: with, the only issue I think I'm talking with it, like you'll get them in once and then you won't see it again and sometimes you find something you like yeah and then it's like you never you never have it you never have it in again you're like oh that sucks having that in one time and then it's like never served again that's the only thing that's frustrating yeah
0: uh, that is like a couple of smaller shops and uh, there's, <laughs> it's, it's there's like a couple of uh, smaller shops in Glasgow that like specialise in craft beers, so they're always my good backup. But you are paying markup oh, prices for it. That's a, the only thing.
1: You're paying a stupid markup. There's one just down from the cinema, but I won't mention her name because obviously, don't worry, get bad giving a bad name. But you're talking something like six quid for a can of like Brewdog or something, or you know something yeah. that's you know it's like you know that is that's taking the piss.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, the shop that I'm also talking about as well, which is just the uh, about Govan Hill area, uh, it suffers the same problem as well. Which yeah. I get, it's a smaller company. They're buying it in, and they hope that people are going to get it, yeah. uh, buy it. I totally get it. Like, if that's not, if that's just sitting on your shelves, that's a lot of stock just sitting
1: there. You know. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. And but, what, but I will give the person
0: kudos What I do like about their setup up is They've got half their stock On the shelf And half their stock in the fridge So if you're not going to drink it straight away You can pick it off the shelf
1: Because you're wondering
0: If wandering... you're panning it in the next hour You can just pick it up
1: from the fridge <laughs> I'm picturing you wandering the streets of Govan Hill like Just necking out of a brown <laughs> bottle now
0: <laughs> Craft beer <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God, Govanhill has changed. People are just necking craft beer, around, and just oh, the mad dog. That's <laughs> Glasgow. Be- times. Glasgow <laughs> so gen- Glasgow so gentrified these days. Um, uh, but I'm into my
0: tightest of tight
1: jeans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but sorry, Aluminous Lights by Seventy One Brewing Company. So that's that's what you're drinking tonight. I am so nice one. What about yourself? I am on a special one. It's called. It's from Brewdog. Obviously, everyone knows who Brewdog are. Um, massive company. Um, and it's one they've done special for this situation, like the whole situation around us now it's called Lockdown. Um they, the, they market it as a shower brew, which I'm not really sure what that means, but I know if you go to the brew dog hotel they have like you can have they have a fridge in the shower so you can have a beer in the shower. Yes. So this is something we want maybe it's like a a refreshment to have in the morning possibly. It's guava and grapefruit Pilsner. Well, okay. It's nice. It's it is nice. Well, it, it's um I'm trying. i to think of what it tastes like. It tastes a little bit like you know they want to do clockwork orange. It's a bit like that, but not quite as strong. Oh, Okay. Bit of a wee okay. bit of a, a wee bit of that disco foot truck kick. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's nice. It's, it smells nicer. The smell of it's really nice. It tastes sort of a, not generic, but it tastes sort of it tastes like, kind of like beer. But the smell of it's really nice when you when you, put, when you bring it close to your your nose. It's actually really nice. But um, no, it's a nice. Oh. It's quite a nice, refreshing, enjoyable, enjoyable beer.
0: Have you ever had a shower beer?
1: I haven't, no. I've never, I've never got to that point in life where I'm drinking beer in the shower.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something you need to tick off your list. Uh, when things return to normality and yeah. you find yourself not at the cinema, uh, after work what to do is come home, go in the shower, go back, grab a beer from the kitchen fridge and jump in the shower and just stand in the shower enjoying a beer, it is one of the best experiences
1: you'll ever have in the life. It's just, like, every time you hear of this happening, it's like you see in a movie someone who's just lost a, like, lost a, like, a, someone's been killed that they know, or it's like they've just lost a, a relationship. Aye, <laughs> aye, the movies,
0: the movies have got it all wrong.
1: <laughs> you just do it purely for fun and giggles, really. Uh,
0: they're looking at it in the negative like. <laughs>
1: You're just staying going home. You just open the shower. And you're just sitting there like a, a six pack in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Ask you for a bad day. Actually,
0: get away with recording this podcast in the shower while holding a beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I assume you're naked anyway, recording this tonight, so I mean, it's, it's, it makes sense. <laughs> It uh, is getting to that time of night. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, yeah, it is, actually. Um, anyway, we're going to a movie, so like we said before, like last week um, and the week before that, we're not able to go to the cinema, because obviously there is there is no cinemas, so we are delving deep and sort of wide into the, the streaming services. not always re- watching the most recent thing that comes out, just maybe picking a few things that are um, sort of floating around there people might be interested to watch, because you always see it like, that we've noticed we talked about it before, there's some things suddenly get a big massive push, like you know, like everyone's talking about Tiger Kingness now, that's a big push.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of stuff that comes out as well that's been out for a wee while that people might now discover because they've got time to sort of go through Netflix and yeah. and Amazon I, and, and Mess around with the actual like, algorithm of it yeah. and start watching things that they maybe didn't have time for uh-huh. or maybe didn't grab their attention the first time around. Yeah, yeah so. it, or things that because people at work are watching Tiger King, they feel they need to watch Tiger King, but then they, they wouldn't go delving any deeper on that. And once they've watched the Tiger King, they move on to something else. At the next big thing that's in the zeitgeist. But it's like we, we have at times questioned the quality of some of these like streaming services, you know, Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu. You know, like some their quality is a bit questionable what they put out but I think we have to look at it there's a, a massive amount of content on these things so it's oh, always it's you shouldn't just go to the maybe don't just go to the first page have a wee a wee depth you know look into it and see yeah. what's what available because there is some really good interesting stuff there as well and there's not as much old stuff as there should be like, I think Amazon's slightly better than Netflix for that but it, there is also there's, there's stuff there to watch and it's not just the stuff that's on the front page that they're always pushing on you have, have a wee look a little bit deeper into it and you'll find some some interesting stuff
0: Absolutely, and I was meant to say this last week, but I want to give Netflix, uh, I want to give Amazon Prime a big shout out. They've finally added the feature that we've all been craving since they started their service. You are now able to purchase and rent TV shows and movies through the app. You ah. no longer have to go onto Amazon website, rent or purchase it, and then it will appear on your app. So I just I, I wanted to give a shout out to them for to finally get round to dealing with that
1: issue. For finally catching up with the real world. Yes. Yeah. Um, that being said, the first thing I'm going to start with is something that's not on Netflix or Amazon, it's on Sky Cinema. Um, so obviously a lot of people have Sky in this country. Um, and that film is called The Art of Self-Defence, uh, directed what? by Riley Stearns. Who directed a film a couple of years ago called Faults, which is is, is, on, is actually on Netflix. So if you're looking, if you like this film or you like the sound of it, his first movie is on Faults. Um, so the plot of this film is there's a guy who's a bit of a kind of what is it a bit, a bit of a wet blanket, a bit a bit kind of down and out, a bit kind of you know bit sad yeah. existence, um, yeah. kind of scared of everything, doesn't really do anything with his life. He's sort of seen as a kind of office weirdo. Anyway, he's walking home one night and he's mugged and beaten up by a motorcycle gang and um, from that he decides he wants to learn karate and he goes to this karate school to learn karate and it's a sort of very weird, odd karate school he's in because it, it, it goes very deep into sort of the mythos of karate and everyone takes it very, very seriously and from that a sort of a story spins from the people, it kind of follows people who are in the karate school and their interactions with him and where the, where the and it all goes on from there. Um, in the film, you've got Jesse Eisenberg. He plays the down-out, the bit of a sad sack, who wants to learn karate. You've got Imogen Poots, who plays a woman who teaches at the karate school, sort of a semi-love interest for him, sort of a kind of bit of a... Yeah. Kind of, and also you get Alessandro Nivola, who plays the karate school teacher. Um yeah. Yeah, so th- like I said, this was what it was in the cinema, I think, maybe about six months ago. It didn't really get much of a cinematic release. I think it kind of came and went pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of it?
0: I'm going to say, first and foremost, this is definitely not a movie I would have went out my way to watch it if it wasn't for yourself no I, 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 it to me. I, I
1: respect yeah. that, I, I hadn't seen it but I recommended it to you, I just picked one, I thought it's very really interesting but I did feel this is definitely not one that's in your normal sort of pool of interest, so well done for, yeah. watching, well done for watching it at least
0: yeah, for some strange reason, though, this was like when really I was watching it, Cough, and this was labelled as a comedy. So I was sitting there all the way through it, expecting it to get a bit more lighthearted, <laughs> and then it just got darker and darker. Right. And I was like, at no point do I think this is
1: a comedy. I think it's def- <laughs> but, uh, it's definitely a black comedy. I definitely it's definitely yeah. it's, it's the darkest of dark comedies. Yes, um, but did, at least yeah. like, question is, did you enjoy it in some way?
0: Yes, I did. Did I you? Just actually enjoy it because there's enough happening all the way through the movie just to keep your interest to see what's happening next. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't really move at a particularly fast pace. Nope, definitely not. But no. But there's, like I said, there's just enough going on to keep you engaged. You
1: know. I think uh, it's because it's kind of odd. Like everyone's sort of a little bit off. Yeah. You know, it feels a bit like if you ever, did you ever see the film The Lobster. The, the lobster. No, I didn't see. No, or oh, there was one out recently called the favorite. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I seen that one. Where everyone's just a little bit not right, you know. People just have like seem a little bit just strange. Yeah. Like, everybody yeah. in this film seemed in that kind of same way. Just like, it, it, looks like a reality we know, like we recognise it for what it is. But no one's real in a way. Like no one feels like a real person. They all feel like sort of this these weird almost. Like caricatures, but the worst type of caricatures, you know. Just no one feels quite real, and I think that's what what kept that kept me interested when I was watching it. You know, it's like, what are these people going to do? They just seem just so odd and so bizarre. Uh, Aye, yeah. It just it didn't really feel
0: like real life, Mm. you
1: know. That's what I mean. It's reality, but it's like not our reality. It's, It's it's a skewed version of reality. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The only kind of negative thing, and I guess this is more towards the actor than the actual film, is uh, with Jesse Eisenberg. I just wish he would stop playing these like kind of weedy like, nerdy kind of characters. You know, I, I I just would like to see him in a movie, and he's not playing that kind of. Role that he's always played
1: since like it came into existence. I, I agree. He has found this sort of niche. He's got that kind of Woody Allen thing going you know, on, that sort of like nervous energy that's always there. And he sort of it, it is kind of like you said, like needy is the best way to put it. He's kind of needy and kind of weedy and a bit kind of. Oh, you feel you feel like you want like to push him. You, you feel you want to be mean to him, even though you're not that kind of person. You know, like I like I want to bully him a little bit, but. I'm not. I'm not a bully. <laughs> you
0: know? Do you follow him on Twitter? No, I don't, I don't. I
1: don't. I don't. But I, and and everything I've listened to him get interviewed, he's not that guy when you get he's getting interviewed. He seems yeah. a much different guy. He doesn't seem. He's not like some alpha male when he's interviewed, but he doesn't seem quite. He's, this is definitely a what he plays is is, is sort of. He's playing a role, and he is playing up to this sort of this. I hate to say it, but it's, it's, it's a Woody Allen thing, you know, it's the way Woody Allen played for years, that kind of really highly strong Jewish persona to an extent. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's sort of embodied that now. Um, I, I'm with you. I wish he would sort of maybe branch out a little bit from that. I think Social Network was a, a branch out for him when he'd done that. That was definitely a bit different because yeah. he's he's basically a dickhead in that as opposed to being sort of like the the sad sack in the room. And he's done a few things, like the Double was something similar as well when he wasn't quite as sort of this needy Version of that he has just now now, um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I think he, I, I'm I'm much the same with you yourself. I'd like to see him do a little bit different with stuff. Uh,
0: absolutely. I just I feel like he is such a good actor though. I just feel like I wish they would just like uh, stretch it out a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, nice. and, uh, Yeah, I just wish they kind of maybe scored like a love interest a wee bit more between yeah. the two kind of main characters. I feel like that kind of started looking like it was going to hit the ground running, then it, then that kind of side quite quickly, like evaporated almost as quickly as it was made
1: before. Yeah, the, the couple of things I wrote down, the you know, I didn't really like about it was, I said performances were all good, but I didn't think Eisenberg is branching out much, it seemed very much just sort of him going through the roles, which we've discussed, and also Imogen puts the love interest, there's not enough of her, she's not in it enough. You know, they, yeah. they introduce her early on, and you think, oh, this she's quite an interesting, weird character, like the rest of them. How he it, yeah. and they never seem to explore her story at any point, or, or how she gets there, and or, or what her purpose there is, and that felt yeah, like really, a that felt a bit of a missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, they very very loosely touch on it, almost quite near the end, if you remember, like mm-hmm. when she was saying about what like, um, she was beating up that boy, um, who was like uh, I think a black
1: belt or something and, like, she, like, choked him to Aye. death with her, like, own belt
0: or something, or his own belt yes. or something like
1: that. Yeah. That's, Aye. like, the only real time, like, you ever can, like, hear anything really about her. Aye, there's not enough of her, it We're um, not going to we don't give a spoilers away about the ending of it, but did you, did you feel the end was a bit of a weird shift towards the end? Like, feel like it felt like it sort of... It ramped up a little bit, kind of, out of nowhere? Yeah, I did find that, like, really
0: weird. Like, I found I can't really... Not off putting, but I was just a bit like, where's all this came from? And the last, like, I don't even think it was like the last
1: 30 minutes, it was like the last like, 15 20 minutes, yeah. all of a sudden the movie just went extremely dark. Aye, and it, it, I mean, it does go full circle, um, you know, from where it starts as well, which, which was which actually mm. well done, but it did feel like the jump to go from where it was to where it ends, is, I felt it was too big a jump. I felt like they were missing a couple of scenes in there to sort of explain how it gets from, from there to there. Yeah, yeah yeah, absolutely. Um I give it a six out of ten. What about yourself?
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to join you on that one because like I said, like if it wasn't for yourself and the podcast, I probably wouldn't have like, I probably wouldn't even have found this movie.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. But you enjoyed it for it was. No.
0: Yes. It's not a bad thing. No. You know, I've got to watch a good movie, but I think it's one of those ones I would have seen the seen it. And the list of things, and then
1: just skipped right by. Yeah, it. I, I get that, and as I said I do appreciate you watched it, even though you're not. it's not really your wheelhouse. Um, but no, it's it's a fine, it's a decent enough film. But it's like I said, it's there's, there's, there's faults in it, but it's enjoyable enough for what it is. But it's probably not going to linger yeah. long in the memory. Um, yeah. Yep. On to the next one. I think you've seen this one as well. It's a documentary. It's on Netflix. I don't know when it came out. I think it came out like 2019. I think it came out last year. So I don't know how long it's been on Netflix for. But I just stumbled across it. Um, like this week and it's called Three Identical Strangers and uh, yes. directed by Tim Wardle this is his debut feature um, and the story it's a really it's a really interesting way. it follows three people who find out very early like the start of the film is basically three this guy goes to college he walks into college everyone's excited to see him in college and he's thinking this is very strange why is everyone so excited to see me like I've never been here before this is very odd he walks into a room and the guy in the room goes like you're back And he's like, no, I'm not back, this is the first time I've ever been here. And he's like, no, you're back, you, he says, well, are you adopted? And the guy goes, yes, I'm adopted. He goes, you've got, you've got a twin brother somewhere. And he's like, and so they go and meet this twin brother and they get in the paper, the fact these two kids were separated at birth and they find each other 20 years later by pure pure happenstance of the guy going to college and meeting the roommate of the guy who was there the previous year. Anyway, the story became big news in the paper and it turns out there's not two of them there's actually three of them and the third brother finds a picture in the paper as well and the three of them all get reunited and this I think 80s in America is it 1980s give or take yeah 70s 80s yeah 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 late 80s and they became something of like a like celebrity the three of them like they sort of doing lots of talk shows and they're sort of Doing like, I looked like a stadium tour they were doing at one point. Did you see like some of the interview stuff? It was like they were sitting in the middle of this, like a big like arena, like almost like the hydro. I, I know
0: and that was kind of odd. All that stuff. Like, I was just about obviously they were showing you clips from different like TV shows. Aye. But obviously this is like before the internet. But like. It just felt like they were just repeating themselves. Like
1: everything they went, they just said the same shit. Aye, it, did. it seemed, it it was seemed like like they went
0: on a, wee, a wee act
1: together. Aye, you know? they went on a tour and they had almost like they'd almost like quite like pre programmed answers to make people laugh. And I thought well, that's really odd. But anyway, so we do that and the story then kicks on from there because 'cause they've discovered that the reason why they were all separated at birth wasn't because of, you know, the mother not want well, the mother didn't want them, but they were part of an experiment to yeah. see how children would react Getting brought up in different environments, whether the, the the school who's doing it or the the research are doing it, specifically targeted to um, identical twins, identical siblings, because you know everything's the same about them, apart from the fact we we'll put, we'll put one in an affluent family, one in a middle class family, one in a rich fam- uh, a poor family, and see how they all develop and how they all change and how their lives all they de- you know spin off in different ways and what what makes them similar what makes them different and it's a whole nature versus nurture idea and that's yeah. what the basically research are trying. To, and to, and to look into, and it's a, it's about the three brothers delving into the past. In fact, thinking of why the like this tragedy touches upon the the, the the three siblings, and they're trying to uncover if perhaps what they were put through as young men contributed to the the, the tragedies that happened later on in life. Um, that's the basic premise of the documentary. Um, probably give it me too much, there, but that's it. But the, the the whole idea of like of the. You know there has to be a dark turn in it because the start of the film, is it's it's too happy. You know, everyone, it seems, yeah. it's, it's too lovely going, oh, this is such a nice wee story. And it's such a lovely, and, but you sitting, and you're going, there has to be something shit about this because otherwise it's not, a, they wouldn't put this on as a documentary. There has to be something crappy that's going to happen to these three. I don't know what it's going to be, but something shit has to happen to make it interesting. Uh, and that's what it kind of is and that's where it all kicks on from there. Um, I thought it was, I, th- I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really compelling documentary. Like I thought, it starts out just like I said, really charming, really wonderful. You kind of like you 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 get drawn into these three kids' life. You're going, I I like these three guys. They seem, you know, the fact they're playing up when they, when they do meet each other. They all they mean they're identical to each other. They're all they look exactly the same. Which I know sounds really dumb to say that, but they do look exactly the same. Um, yeah, yeah. And they all act the same as well. And they're all into the same stuff. So it's it's, it's very it's like seeing seeing like, like something with like mirrors. It's, it's very strange. Um,
0: I know it's it's very bizarre how like how similar they are in terms of like the mannerisms and like everything about uh, them. because yeah. like they were separated when they were like really young. Like, ex- I think it was even when they were like still infants. Oh yeah,
1: they're, 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 like three or four months old when they get separated. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But what I did like about it when it, it you you are sitting watching the first movie twenty five minutes waiting for the turn of how it's going to go darker and that then it comes and you and but. I thought the darker elements they handled with a lot of grace. You know, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't. Absolutely. It didn't feel exploitative.
0: No, no, it certainly didn't feel like they were using that to kind of pull at the heartstrings in any way, sort of speak. But this whole entire, like, thing uh, had like kind of some sort of like weird Nazism. Oh yeah, all over it. Oh absolutely. This isn't like a stone's throw away from like what you would expect like Nazi scientists to be doing, like.
1: In the middle of World War 2, you know. That's it, that's the point. Is that it does, it feels, it's so vindictive and it's so sort of intrusive that it, it just feels so, it feels like beyond human nature, you know. You shouldn't, you know, to, to conduct experiments on people throughout their life just without them knowing about it just seems so horrible. And the fact is, as well, they weren't the only ones, mm. you know. Yeah. There's at least, they reckon at least what they found out so far, maybe I think 12 or 13 sets of twins so far who were all involved in this. Um, and it's just, that's what really makes it really you know, a really interesting documentary. Um, but it never feels exploitative, I think. It feels like everyone involved in it seems very willing to tell their story, which I thought was really good. You know, no one's... It doesn't feel like anyone's put out a place by telling it. They, they want people to know what's happened to them. Um, And it's structured well. It's, it's a nice three-act structure to it. And again, this, we've talked about it before, they could easily push this to make it into like a five or six part documentary you know but by not doing that and making it a nice simple maybe 100 minute film hour and 40 something like that you know it's nice and it's nice and concise it's good it's compact it tells the story well it tells what happens well so you actually come out with going i enjoyed that for what it was and, and i learned something from it and i feel you know better for for no watching it Whereas if I watched the documentary, I feel like I'm not going to have to watch like six episodes of this damn thing to find out what the fuck happened in it. And mm-hmm. I, I actually really enjoyed it. What did What did you think of it overall? Yeah, I, I did
0: actually probably really enjoy the story. Uh, it was quite interesting to see them like. Yeah, I think it was like early nineties or something when like they opened up a restaurant. Yeah. And all that <laughs> as well, in the middle of like New York and uh-huh. stuff, like just like, touching on that whole guy. They were
1: almost like minor celebrities back, in the
0: New York
1: scene. They totally were uh, celebrities, which is yes. just mental. That was that was. Uh, the, they were either were celebrities in that in that whole world, and I think maybe the, why they were is because late eighties or eighties and nineties, there, like, there wasn't the same abundance of television. There wasn't, you know, there was a lot. There wasn't like twenty four hour news. There wasn't, you know, streaming services There wasn't everything. So this genuine story felt genuinely amazing. So they became something of interest
0: yeah of course yeah yeah and, and oh, it's like, it, it's quite weird when you think about the world that we live in now It's mm. such a distraction whereas back then it's like they would literally cling on to anything just to sound, make it be entertainment
1: oh and you know if this happened now if this story happened now these like three, tripl- three triplets who were all separated about found each other like in their t- early 20s it would be a picture on twitter once yeah, yeah. And it would they'd be, they'd be Twitter celebrities for maybe a day, day and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be done. That'd be then finished. You know, right. there'd be nothing else. There'd be, no, there'd be nothing else other of them again. You you'd remember going... You'd always say, look, look at this picture of these three guys. That would be it, nothing more. Whereas um, back in the 19... Like, I think it's late 80s mid, 80s, mid to late 80s. When that happens then, people are like, holy shit, this is amazing. There's nothing else to talk about. Let's talk about this. You know, and that's, why, that's maybe why it became bigger celebrities in the story. I mean, the story's interesting, but it's why he became such massive celebrities at the time.
0: Yeah. The only thing I thought was absolutely shite in the documentary was more the fact of, like, these people who have been affected by this experiment... They can't get a hold of the documents until two thousand and sixty six because the university's put some strange lockdown on it. Yeah,
1: agreed. That's that's the one thing I would say is a negative on the doc not just the documentary, but also the actual situation itself. Much the same way was the Tiger King thing that I said was Mm. there was no real sort of resolution to the story and this feels much the same. The story their story is kind of 80% 80% finish, but you kind of want a resolution as to why this happened and what the purpose was it. Also, to get a freaking answer, the question they're asking was, what's more important to, to human life? The nature in which you're born with or the nurturing that you have from family members? You know, and, and from where you, where, you, where you grow up? And... At the end of the documentary, pretty much someone says, I think it's something to do with nature and something to do with not so it's probably about fifty fifty 50 going, Well that's not a fucking answer. That's that's shit. That's that's you've essentially ruined people's lives and you've and you've I said you know, <laughs> severely ruined someone else's life for an answer that we all could've probably given you anyway. <laughs> Some bastard thing. I know. It's like if if see they come out. documentary and said, "Oh, by the way, after this, they discovered once they'd like done the, the research of these like fifty sets of twins that they all had, they discovered that you know it is they reckon it's seventy five percent where you're brought up and twenty five percent who you are." Like, and you go, "Right, fair enough, I'm, I accept that, and I, I, I would probably agree with that as well." But with, but by giving us no answers, not the documentary's fault. That's the, this is the fault of the researchers who are you know being very coy because they don't basically they don't want to get drag over the coals for the shitty things they did, but by not telling us anything, it's like, oh, it feels a very downbeat kind of way to end it you know, for what is, yeah yeah the final half hour is quite downbeat anyway, you know because it does take some real dark twist yeah. uh, in the final half hour, but that felt like it just, oh, you kind of wanted them to get you wanted them to have something more out of it and they didn't, and because they didn't get that that felt a bit of a, a letdown for the, from a narrative point of view, and and, from, and you felt bad for them as well
0: yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, they're still having to go on. Let's be honest. But the likelihood of these guys, you know, I'd like to hope they're still going to be alive in 2066. But even if they do get to that age in 2066, the likelihood is they're not going to care no. what's on that bit of paper by that point in their life. You know?
1: No, no. Don't, don't, I mean, even if even if she was at the end of it, it, said the university will not. Has, has told them, you know, off camera. They've signed a non-confidential. They've done a confidentiality agreement saying they can't tell you about it, but they know the answer to what this was. I would kind of yeah. be okay with that and go, like, at least they got the answers out of you know what they're looking for. But in fact, they, even they won't get them. And I mean, they're in the six f- fifties now, aren't they? Roughly maybe forties, fifties. You know, yeah, yeah. they're going to be ninety before they have any chance of getting these answers. And it's like, oh that really sucks. I know. Uh, it's just they're
0: just about like. It's just such a shit thing. Yeah. It's just, it, there's no reason for it
1: either, yeah. you know. But as a documentary, I thought it was a really, really well done documentary. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was a really good watch and a really interesting watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I found it um,
0: I found it quite engaging and quite, I quite liked the way it was done as well. Like, obviously, they just happened to have, like, a lot of footage from back like, yeah. when they were, when they were, like, getting big, so to speak, but oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought
0: it was quite
1: good. Yeah, uh, out of ten, we can give it. I'm gonna give it a solid seven. Yeah, I'm the same, seven and a half. I gave it. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. You know what it was. I yeah. really, I really liked it. Um, like I said, learned. Plus, it's, it's
0: just such an interesting story as well. Imagine like walking down the street
1: and you just randomly walk past someone that looks like mm. you as well. You about like, what the hell? Aye, it was so bizarre. And can you imagine like in a, day, in a world right now where there's no internet, right? Mm. Can you imagine? Like, if it's on the internet, see it happen now, someone, someone up to you, went, Barry, there's a guy in my work who's your exact double, I think he might be your twin, and you go, really? And you, what you do, you go on your Facebook, you go on your Twitter and you look at him and go, oh shit, he doesn't look like me, that's fair enough. Can you imagine you walked into a room in 1980 and someone went, oh, by the there's a guy who was here last year who was, who was your twin. You'd be like, go away, walk off now and go, genuinely, yeah, no, he's your twin, you're adopted, he's adopted, he's definitely your twin. And you, would, yeah, and you, you, would, would,
0: you would honestly your house would
1: explode uh-huh. you wouldn't believe it and for and then, and then at the start of the film they drive like what two and a half hours to go meet this guy you, Yeah, and, and, this, and this was the guy's first day at uni going this guy I'm going to get I'm going to get murdered somewhere <laughs> <laughs> which is where I thought the story was going at first to be honest I thought it was, was going to be a murder story and also this was nice oh. not to have a murder documentary to be honest
0: <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, anyway, so yeah, i get give 7.5, you at 7, so it's a really good watch on Netflix. Um, next film, our Sky Cinema release, um, which is called American Woman, not a Amer- Sky Cinema release, but it's on Sky Cinema, uh, American Woman, wow. which is directed by Jade, Jake Scott, who done a film called Welcome to the Riley, which was a kind of, I think it's yeah, it was a bit, I, I can't really remember it that well, I think I'm sure I did see it, but I'm, I don't think it left much in the memory. He's actually better known for doing a lot of music videos. He did a lot of R.E.M. videos and Radiohead videos and got a very keen eye when it comes to you know, your visual style. Um, the plot of this film, just try and, see, I'm, you've not seen this one yet, but I'm going to try and sell this one to you. Um, the plot of this film is it's basically a woman who, set in the early starts in the 90s. Um, she's sort of a She's had a kid very young. Kids now had a kid of its own, so she's now now a grandmother. But she still believes she is a sassy lady about town. She's still throwing herself around, you know, sleeping with married men, blah, blah, blah. You know, enjoying life, living life to the fullest in many ways. Anyway, her daughter disappears. Don't know if she's run away, don't know if she's been killed, but she just disappears one day. Um, There's a murder investigation. Nothing becomes of it. So she's essentially now left raising her grandchild, because obviously our our daughter's away, mm-hmm. and the film then follows her life as she changes, you know, from being loving life, life of the party, to being a mum again, you know, at a probably more mature age. At this point, she's probably the age a mum should be, as opposed to when she first had her kid. Um, and at the same time, she's trying to deal with the fact that she's lost, and she's lost without without resolution her daughter. She doesn't know what's happened to her. It's, just, it's her trying to go through life and understand how and 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 just basically live a life and try and move on from something that basically you can't move on from, you know. Okay. You know. Um. And if I'm you get mean, Sienna Miller playing the main woman, the, the the sort of protagonist. She's the one who's trying to deal with everything. Christina Hendricks, who is a favourite of myself, is playing her sister. Um, Aaron Paul plays a love interest, and Sky Ferrara, who I think's a singer, she plays. The daughter who's done it for a very briefly like to start, um, it's it's really interesting because when I read the synopsis for it, I assumed it was like a murder mystery, like a thriller, you know, like she would be she would be out there investigating her, her daughter's murder and she would try to find out, you know, what happened and you know beating doors down and interrogating people and pushing the police to do something, but she's not. She almost she has the the initial part of the film is she's obviously frantic about trying to find something, but then it does these sort of weird time jumps and you move okay. on five years later or three years later and you find that you realize Oh she's sort of just she's kind of moving on, but sadly moving on. She's not she's she's realising she can't do anything about it She's not pushing the police to do anything. She knows that her daughter's just gone. Mm. So it's not your typical murder mystery. Okay. Um so in that way it it, it kinda of zigs when it should zag, you know, you're expecting to go into this murder mystery thriller idea but in reality what it is is really just a character study of how someone deals with life when life throws you the shittiest curveball you possibly can imagine um, yeah. at the same time she makes a string of really shit decisions in terms of the men in her life you know she she hooks up with some guys who can help her out because they can pay the bills in her house and she thinks it's good to keep them around at the same time they're beating her and but, you know, but she thinks well you might be beating me but at least he's paying the bills Oh, God. You know, so that, that gets really horrible. But she's such, she's such an, she's on such a low ebb herself that she feels that's all she's worth, and it takes yeah. a lot to pull her out of that. Um, it is anchored at the very heart of it by Sienna Miller, who has been, a, I think she's been good in a lot of stuff. She's phenomenally, she's phenomenal in this. She's so, so good, you know, because she's on screen pretty much for every second of the movie. There's barely a moment she's not on camera and she commits to her role, and, she, and not only does she commit to the role, but she commits to the time jumps, you know, she goes from like someone who's maybe, I think about 30, maybe 31, 32 at the start of it, you know, and then maybe by the end of it, she's like maybe late mid-40s, you know, so she, she commits to all that, um, and, but without any real big change, you can just see in the way she moves, in the way she, she holds herself, and what she, and how she's changed her life, and how you feel, go, oh, that's, I can see she's more confident now. I can see she's a better person now because of the way she's just the way she's standing, you know. Um, uh-huh. So she was really good. All the other characters in it, all really good. All supporting characters, they all add a little something to it. You know, and they all have nice, uh-huh. week, they all have nice week in the arcs within the film. You know, they're all they're all they're all minor compared to Sienna Miller's. Um, the the only thing I think people might not like about it, or people probably won't like about it, is the it's very slow. It's not a fast paced movie at all. You know, it's, it takes its time to go where it's going. You know, despite these little time jumps, the mean, the, the narrative is—it's just—it's meanderingly really slow, just letting you see this life unfold. Which I myself embrace that I enjoy that those kind of narratives, but some people don't like that. You know, some, some people want to see a bit more movement. You know, it's yeah, not—it's yeah. not a long film. It's only still under two hours, but there right are moment you think, it's, it's, "It's not moving quickly." I, you, you
0: feel the time passing. Yes.
1: Yeah, which no, I think. Well, that was like
0: that two-hour movie. It's a uh, this is an hour and forty-five minutes.
1: Yeah, um, but I think that to me that works for this film, but I can see why some people might not like it, and I think a lot of people might be put off or might be upset by it. Does I think the trailer of it and I think the sort of all the literature about it sells it as a murder mystery, you know, woman raising her son while dealing with the death or the disappearance of her daughter. I think they're expecting a murder mystery. And it's definitely not a murder mystery. There is there is resolution to the film, which I thought was, it was well done, it was very definitely handled, but it's not a murder mystery. And and I think that's where people might come across, maybe come down negatively on it, that it's not what they expect. It is really just a character study of someone trying to deal with a really shitty life moment, you know, doubled up by really shitty life decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh...
0: Yeah, uh, it seems uh, seems like a bit of a down and out kind
1: of. A yeah, bit it's like it's definitely not a happy watch. I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I just really enjoyed it, particularly for Sienna Miller's performance. Um, I'm surprised she was overlooked so much for the the Oscars. I think she probably deserved um to be in the conversation for it. I think it's a really it's a great performance by her. Um, maybe the film didn't get enough exposure to really sort of to warrant that, but. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it it's well worth looking out if you're looking for something to be a little bit more sort of cerebral um on on, your, on a Saturday night, maybe rather than just watching your the usual stuff. It's it's, it's it definitely it has an impact. It definitely made me sort of thinking for a long time after it. Alright,
0: cool. Yeah. Cool.
1: Um out of ten, seven and a half out of ten. Oh, nice. Nice. Um and the last thing I've watched, well I've watched all of it, you've watched some of it. And we are watching The Twilight Zone, the remake or the reimagining, the redo, the redone, the, the new version of The yeah. Twilight Zone. So originally, The Twilight Zone was always out in between 1959 1964, and um, Rod Sterling was a big sort of the voice behind that. And there was a movie in 1983, which pretty much have you, ever, have you ever read the story about the Twilight Zone movie?
0: No.
1: Very interesting, you know, they killed somebody on set.
0: Deliberately, Not or the, the, some the, sort the, of strange
1: the, ritual. No, they were doing a stunt, um, and the uh, helicopter, the helicopter came down. Or, oh, sorry, yeah, I do know this story. Sorry, I
0: didn't actually realise that was a violent. Yeah. And yeah.
1: they killed the they killed an actor and two two children.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, it pretty much it put John Landis in cinema jail. John Landis didn't really work after that. It, he was you know blamed for it as well. So Twilight only a very interesting, a very interesting history. Um, yes. Did you ever watch a Twilight Zone like, When you were younger I didn't know. No I, I, I actually did Watch a lot of it It's all black Most of it was black and white um, It used to show repeats On BBC Two Late at night I genuinely really liked it um, I had a lot of love for it So this is available On Sci-Fi in the UK um, it, it, The showrunners of the show Are Jordan Peele Obviously The hot stuff at the moment After Get Out And Us uh, And also Simon Kinberg Who's been producer Writer on a lot of films Sometimes not a lot Of very good films But he's been, he's been involved In a lot of films um, so, there's ten episodes. Yes, you've seen the first three, so we'll yes. talk about them more in depth, and I'll quickly touch on the rest of them. So, Nightmare at thirty thousand feet. You watched the first. That's the first one. yep Yes. Um yes. Which is a Which is a sort of. it's their version of the the really famous one? Is Nightmare at twenty thousand feet, where there's a guy who sort of sees a gremlin on the wing of the plane, and he goes a bit crazy on the plane. This one's got a wee twist on it, where it's uh-huh. um, a guy listening to a podcast, and the podcast yeah. is basically telling about the plane going to crash, and uh-huh. that causes him, so he knows the plane's going to go down, and it's sort of him freaking out because of that. Um, what do you think of this one? Did you enjoy this one? I
0: did. Um, it's also got one of my favourite podcasts, a... Uh Podcasting host, yeah, Dan Carlin. Podcasting host on it uh, in the shape of Dan Carlin. Yes, who hardcore. Does hardcore history and common uh, sense. When
1: I, I first, I'm going. I reckon as soon as I go, I know that voice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he has got a great uh, podcast voice. Yeah, he, he's
0: definitely got an absolute smashing voice for radio and podcasting. Yes, um, yeah, I I really liked it. Um, it's also not too without spoiling it, so to speak. Um, it's not too far away from a real life story involving a young pilot in America um, who ditched a plane. I can't remember if it was over the ocean or into land. And yeah,
1: it right, was okay. very similar to the end of this episode. All right, okay. Yeah, well. I, if I find the story
0: again because it was a few years ago, uh, I'll send you. Yeah,
1: it, please do. Just have a wee read.
0: It's very like really like uh, close to this apart from obviously like all the straight things that you
1: do um, but yeah yeah it's quite interesting I actually really enjoyed this episode okay I liked, um, I thought this one was okay I'm a big fan of the original episode um, okay right and also they do this in the movies. and the original episode had William Shatner in the role so he plays uh, the passenger in the original episode and also you've got in the movie John Lithgow plays uh, the passenger on the plane, so the, this, this is one i have retreaded quite a lot. This is sort of like probably the one of the Twilight Zone episodes that people know the most is is, oh, okay. is one in the plane. Um, so I thought I thought it was a nice reimagining of it. I still prefer the the the, the, what, the original ones of it, but I thought it was a decent one. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Uh, the next one up is called the comedian. And uh-huh. the, the rough premise of this one is a guy. Uh, any the comedian is a struggling comedian. He can't really get a laugh. He's struggling to get any sort of traction. Um, sort of like, traction in his career he starts telling jokes about people in his life and they start getting get a big reaction and the crowd start loving him. He starts getting, you know, maybe possibly going to be hosting start of the night live and all the all the um, like agents are after him. But he realises once he tells a joke about somebody, that person just ceases to exist.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they don't... It's not not they disappear, they just have never existed. People have no recollection. Yeah they, yeah,
0: they were never born, they were never there. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I found this episode kind of weird. I'm not going to
1: lie. Like, okay. The Twilight I Zone is supposed to be weird. That's what... Jill did not... I don't think Jill embraced this quite well. The Twilight Zone is supposed to be weird and odd and just... Yeah, mystery. and i know sorry. That was maybe not... i sorry. I found this episode, like...
0: I, didn't, I don't think it's a strong episode. I really hope, like, the season progresses. Because
1: the first episode is so good, but then this one, it just feels a bit kind like, yeah. of you know, A bit weak. I think... Yeah. I genuinely... I disagree. I honestly thought this episode was better than... Uh, the first one, I, I actually when I was watching, it, I was going I was a wee bit let down with the first episode. I'm going, mm, it's okay, but I'm hoping for more. And then this yeah. one, and this one, I'm going, going, oh, this is this is what I'm wanting. This is this is really This is really fun. This is really enjoyable. This is this is what I'm kind of wanting with Twilight Zone. This just real oddness and and weirdness, and you know, and that you kind know, of constant of like, what would you do? Attitude, you know, if you were getting all success in the world, but it was coming at a cost. You know, would yeah. you would you? You know, could you do that? You know, just just don't mention the people you love, and you're fine. You know, it's like, you know, make jokes about someone you don't like. In that case, that person disappears, and you're okay. Um, so no, I, I actually I enjoyed this episode. I actually enjoyed this episode more. Uh, I thought, is it who is it? Is it Camille? Camille yeah, and, yeah, Camille, yeah, yeah. Camille and He was. I thought he was good in it as well. I thought he played the, the role really well. Um, yeah, no, I I, dug, I I really liked this episode.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was just because, like, in the first episode. Uh, I think I just need to always get into the swing of these TV shows that are like every episode is different. Yes, you know? I get
1: that. It's, every episode is, is basically a new world. It's not. There's not really much tying them together. They are all very separate. Yeah. There are we. There are wee things in the episode that tie them together if you look very closely. Um, uh-huh. There's like a company runs through it, and there's other episodes. Maybe with one episode, like Roman girls playing with like a toy plane. And the planes got the oh, logo okay. of the one, you know. So there is wee things that tie it all together. As you, but they're really subtle. The episodes all kind of do, for the most part, stand on their own. They're all separate entities, and that's that was kind of the whole point of Twilight Zone, that it wasn't like an X Files or anything like that. It, it was very much these are standalone episodes of like sort of strangeness and weirdness, and you know, it's that borderline between science and science fiction and myth and fact and all that kind of stuff. So, I. I thought this one was a good one. What about um, the next one after that? Replay, which is a one about a woman who, she's taking her son to college, to drop him off, but on the way there, what always happens is that a cop, they get pulled over by a cop, and the cop always ends up shooting or killing her son. But what she finds yeah. out is she got a camera that if she records the moment and rewinds it, she can go back in time and try and prevent it. But no matter how what she does to try and prevent it, it always seems no. to end the same way, you know.
0: Yeah, this was like. Once again, for myself, this was came kind of back to a really strong episode. There was like certainly like a good strong like message within. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the episode.
1: I'm with you. I, this honestly, I've watched all ten now, and this is by far, I say, the best episode.
0: All right, Kiko. Okay, cool. We so, do also have to like tell the listeners as well. This is like an old-fashioned camera, like the and yeah. Chessies as well.
1: Yes. Um, but no this is, this is a great I thought it was a great episode it's so well done the acting I thought it was really spot on and you see this woman you see her, you see her kind of struggling with the whole concept of it and, and breaking down with it and realising that every time this person in the life turns up you know it's she knows you it's going to end badly again yeah. and, and it's just trying to deal with that um, Yeah. and I've I, it's, it's obviously all about the whole you know the Black Lives Matters um, and the sort of the problems America's had with cops and People of color getting pulled over, so yeah, it does. It deals with that in, in a way, best way it possibly can. But yeah, I thought this is by far to me the best episode on the entire the entire show. All
0: right,
1: nice okay. one. Good. Good. Um, yeah. I'll briefly tell you the other ones are about and tell you what I thought of them. So there's one called A Traveler. Okay, that's the uh-huh. next one, and that's basically a guy turns up in a jail cell in, in Alaska, claiming to be from. I think he's from the future, possibly, or maybe he's just from a track... It's very odd who he is. He's just a guy who appears one day and people try to figure out who he is. Okay.
0: That one I liked.
1: It's a nice idea. I don't think it was executed quite as well. It could have been, but I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, okay,
0: cool.
1: The next one, is it's called The Wonder Kid, and it's all about, basically, this um, political strategist's finds out he can, or decides he can probably, based on, like, purely on Twitter and YouTube views, he can get a, a 10-year-old elected to the presidency of the United States. Which he does. And then he's dealing with a kid in the president's office, you know, who wants to do all these completely random things. And everyone's <laughs> saying, yeah, we'll do it, because the president says to do it. And he's like, should we? He's like, he has a 10-year-old. And you've got a bit, a bit... But yeah, he wants to do this, this, and this, so that he's kind of forced to do it. And it's it's pushing, you know, it's like, you know, having all that power in, in the hands of a young child. It's sort of a loose base on what you should, there do was one in the original Twilight Zone where it's like a kid in a small town who can read people's thoughts and if you're not happy, he'll, um, he, he basically kills you or does makes you do something really horrible. The Simpsons do a really good rip-off of it at one point when Bart's that kid um, in one of the Halloween episodes. But that's, this is what the idea of this is. It's like a kid with, a young kid with the ultimate power and the adults forced to obey him. I didn't like it that no, I thought it I thought it was a bit heavy handed what it was trying to do. Um, you know, it's what, what the kid's supposed to be Trump to some degree and I thought it was a bit it was a bit obvious at times and it wasn't yeah, quite okay. not quite okay. close to be. Um next one's called Six Degrees of Freedom. It's about um the first manned mission to Mars. But uh-huh. on the launch pad, North Korea and America go to war. So they start launching missiles at each other. They they decide to take off anyway and they don't know what's happened on earth so they don't know should you know they don't know if earth's been destroyed because of all these nuclear bombs because they can't raise anyone on on the radio so they're left with the idea of having to go to mars and the premise of it is that every population gets every population of, of a certain intelligence will either destroy itself or have the whereabouts to move to a second location and if they can get to a second location that means the species might survive if they don't do that this, then the whole species is doomed. At the same time, some of the people on the spaceship think that it's all a simulation, and they think the government's trying to trick them into you know how would they react to something of like this happening to them? Um, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was really well done. I, I, I kind of like this whole that, that kind of style of science fiction. Um, it was really fun, really enjoyable. Sort of really dark at times as well. And for myself and you, an interrupter song plays a major part in it, which I thought was really cool. Oh yeah so I was like oh my god that's an interrupter song and I thought it was like a cover song at first thinking oh that's why they've got it in there but it's like it's not it's their own song I'm like oh shit that's cool it's um, so, the yeah, yeah. so one they do with Rancid is it My Family yeah 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 it's that one I'm like oh that's really cool um, yeah. next one up is Not All Men which is all about a, a meteorite crashes to earth and all the men in the town start behaving like complete dickhead jackoffs and you know resorting to, you know, to violence at every every opportunity um again this feels very classic Twilight Zone, but it's not, in my opinion, executed that well. It's it's way too heavy handed, which is what it's trying to say. You know, it's like we get it, it's all about the Me Too movement, that's what it's trying to push and that's what it's trying to get kinda of get across. But it just it felt so obvious and I think the Twilight Zone's at its best when it's not quite as obvious with its message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This felt I... Yeah it just felt just way too obvious. Yeah, yeah I, I
0: prefer more kind of, like, subdued kind of message. I don't sometimes think it's always good for the TV. Like, TV shows should be, like, almost be some sort of, like, escapism. Aye. And it's good to have relevant content, like, relevant subject matters, but I feel like it should be always kind of, more in the background rather than up
1: front and centre. Yeah. This one felt you've like been over the head with it. I didn't really enjoy this one that much. Next one after that's Point of Origin, which is a weird one about alternate dimensions and people being not where they should be. It's it's, a, it's an allegory for the whole, you know, refugees coming into America. Um, I thought it was done better than better. It's not as heavy-handed as the Not All Men one. The story itself didn't really work for me um, for the most part, but it's okay. It, it's 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 all right without being great. Yeah. Um, After that one is one called The Blue Scorpion, which is like one about a gun that appears to people who need the gun. But with the gun, you also get a bullet with someone's name on it. Uh So, but you don't know who the person you want to kill. So in this episode, um, the guy's got the name. I can't remember the name on the bullet, but basically that is the name of his wife's new lover, his wife's new attorney, who's divorcing some guy who's been a dick to him in town, and, you know, and his boss as well. They all get the same name. So it's like, so who's that bullet meant to be for? You know? (laughs) And it's this guy just basically breaking down from that. Really well done. Really enjoyed it. I really it is. Again, it gets that whole idea of you know what would you do, and it's you know it gets into a really kind of psychological you know deep thought and what the world is. Uh, and the final one is called Bloody Man, which is a kind of one that's a weird tie-up episode that sort of set the world where the, a writer on the Twilight Zone starts to notice that the Twilight Zone is imitating their life. Oh
0: no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Quite very meta, very strange, very odd. It's okay. It's, it's, try to be quite clever and be, do a lot of big things. It doesn't really quite pull off, but it's, it's okay. Um, overall, like I've said, I've watched more of the series than you have. I think it had seen a variable success. Like I said, stuff like Replay and Six Degrees of Freedom and Blue Scorpion I thought were excellent and really well done. Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, Traveller were okay. But then I really thought stuff like Wonder Kid and... Not All Men and Point of Origin a little bit in the down. So it, it's a mixed bag. Out, out of 10, probably one great episode, two very good episodes, three alright episodes, and then two meh episodes. Which again, for a 10 yeah. episode season, it's not too bad.
0: Yeah. I did
1: enjoy... Uh, can, the Hankinsc- has, has
0: it even been announced, if it's getting renewed it renewed for a second
1: season? It's been given a second season, yeah, I think it has. Um, one thing I did really enjoy about it was Jordan Peele playing the narrator. Yes, I thought he was awesome. Yeah, and so the I. I quite liked
0: his negation in it and how he would just like pop up every now and again as well.
1: Yeah, um, that's a that's how the original TV show used to be as well, and I've, and he actually um, he fills that that role really well because Ron Sterling had a very distinctive voice when he spoke, and the way he spoke, you know, it was mm-hmm. it, it's hard to describe, but you knew you were watching. You go, right, I'm now watching a Twilight Zone. It felt, you know, it, it instantly just pulls you in. And I think he used yeah. to always start. I think he used to always start with something like I think it was um, something like for your consideration. Imagine this, you know, something like that. And then he'd gone, like, you know, a small town, a boy, a town afraid, and it'd be it just sort of it just it would be bringing into the moment, you know. And I thought the way that Jordan Peele done that as well was also very much on a par with that as well. I really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. Yeah. Out of ten, I give it the whole season seven out of ten nice. Yeah, nice. but I, think I... yeah,
0: what, what I've watched so far, I'm pretty chuffed with. Mm. You know, I quite I quite like these shows that kind of like that where it's um it's like it is bouncing from different characters and different like yeah settings, albeit within the same universe, and it's very similar on that kind of idea with uh, Tales from the Loop as well.
1: Yeah, or, I, I think Joe was trying to show is this is this kind of like Black Mirror, and I'm going yeah, kind of kind of is a bit like a Black Mirror. It's Black Mara, but not as depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Um, or or bleach, should we say? Right. Um, next week, you've mentioned already, we're going to try and watch Tales from the Loop, which is a TV show on Amazon. So we're going to try and watch that. Um, there's also a Netflix documentary called Lemmy, all about Lemmy from Motorhead. What's Lemmy's full name? Do you remember it? Uh, is it not something like Lemmy?
0: Highmeister, so I don't know. How to it. No, I'll, I'll,
1: I'll <laughs> Do go for that. You I just go. I just know him as Lemmy, so I don't really know. I go, you know. Um, so it's all about Lemmy from Moorhead, his life and his life of excess. So that'll be an interesting watch. And Killmeister. Killmeister That's a fucking great name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lemmy, that can't be his real name, is it? Lemmy Kill Yeah, yeah. Is it? That's not like a stage name. That's his actual name. Ian.
0: Yeah, uh... Ian Fraser Kilmeister,
1: better known as Lemmy so the Kilmeister's real part he changed to Ian Ian <laughs> Fraser because he was like
0: that's not rock and roll
1: enough. Ian Fraser's not rock and roll Killmeister is very rock and roll but Ian Fraser yeah, yeah, is yeah, not so I get why he went with Lemmy Lemmy does but in fact yeah. that's nuts um, and we'll try and find something else to watch or some other random thing on Netflix Amazon or somewhere to
0: yeah, yeah, be interesting you
1: want to be able to find us?
0: all the usual social media haunts Instagram Twitter Facebook
1: at Three Beers in a Movie very good so for this week I've been Richard you've been Bye, you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie